Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Green Iron Blitz. Oscar Lopez in the house here. Episode 365. Big show today. We've got two amazing guests on the podcast today, powered by MikeAndIceFive.com. If you haven't gone to MikeAndIceFive.com, check it out. Uh, use our code NGF, fast and simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less fantasy challenges, star players only, $2 minimum, especially if you play NBA right now and if you play any other like PGA, MMA, pretty exciting even nhl if you're inclined to do that get an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars on sign up use code njf to get started monkey knife is our sponsor of our podcast supporting women's tackle football keeping us here weekly talking about women's tackle football in the nfl today in the uh two-hour extravaganza of the gridiron blitz we are going to have kelsey cristiano uh former uh legends football league denver dream standout uh, now Mile High Sports broadcaster. We are also going to be having later in about 40 minutes, uh, we are going to have 2019 MVP, WNFC MVP champion of the Texas Elite Spartans, and that would be Rashawn Gore in the house. And in the last half hour of the podcast, we are going to be talking everything at the hub, including LNFA Femenina Week 5, Texas Valley Sports Women's Great Iron Playoffs. And we're also going to dive in to the championship that happened in New Zealand. So congratulations right now to the Papato Wildcats winning their third championship uh, in New Zealand uh, and in back-to-back champions on top of that. Third overall franchise championship plus back-to-back championship. You can get it right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. If you haven't been to the hub, that's the place to be. Share it. Let everybody know to like it. And uh, thanks for throwing us over, uh, over that 9,000 mark closer to 10,000 is so really, really appreciate everybody sharing, commenting and liking our posts and things like that. And then also you can check out the Papato Wildcats on our IG at Great Iron Beauties. So go check them out right now. Really congratulations to them. Great job this, uh, 2020, 21 in New Zealand. And, uh, I think they're four years in, into the, uh, into the actual league. So congratulations to them for being a staple franchise that uh, everybody's aware of now. So Papato um, Wildcats defeated the Metro Lionesses um, 18-6. So check it out, the hub. You'll also get the coverage live from the coverage that was broadcast there. LNFA Femenina broadcast coverage also there from all our network partners from Spain, uh, the Buffaloes uh, Facebook Live, you got YouTube, and then you also had Twitch TV. So check it out right there at the hub. Facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We'll have uh, Kelsey Cristiano here in about a couple minutes here. In the meantime, we're going to dive into the NFL free agency. Uh, at this point, we're looking at some of the moves that happened. Uh, so it's, you know, free agency still going on. It's far from over. Second and third waves we're looking at here, and we're looking at uh, primarily where teams need, um, you know, the, the necessary personnel to upgrade themselves for the next season. The Patriots going on a like a spending spree of epic uncustomary uh, proportions. The Raiders just, you know, bidding uh, their entire offensive line. The Saints com- uh, confirming their 
their quarterback competition for 2021. Uh, a handful of big names agree to terms and rosters. I mean, there are a lot of changes that happen. Uh, keep in mind, all 32, te- all 32 teams are still in the thick of early offseason activity. Given the draft positioning that we have coming up here in the 2021 draft, so things could change at this point. Um, I think the, the, some, of the, some of the notable um, moves, uh, for example, would be like Arizona re-signing uh, Marcus Golden, the offensive linebacker. Uh, they also re-signed offensive tackle Kevin Mitch, uh, Beecham. Uh, they agreed to terms with uh, Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green. Probably one of the surprises of all of this is the fact that A.J. Green is no longer a Bengal. And so what does it do for the quarterback situation there uh, in terms of the young quarterback that was left basically with now a non-main receiver? Um, you know, and they traded uh, Rodney Houston to the Raiders, and they signed uh, Matt Prater from the Lions. And then they also added, of course, J.J. Watt before the free agency was even, you know, started. So it's a bit of an overpay. Um, Golden is fine uh, on, for rotational pass rushing capabilities. Uh, Green is a lower floor gamble, um, sort of like Deshaun, jo- Deshaun Jackson for the, for the Rams in a way, point in his career, probably not a staple, staple receiver, but it's a complimentary receiver to Fitzgerald and uh, obviously the, the rest of the uh, wide receiver core. So the Hudson addition helps op- offset that, giving Arizona a more affordable front. So they're more competitive in the West. That allows them some, so- some sort of a co- uh, to stay in competition especially in the NFC West. So Niners, Rams, um, Seahawks now really in the crunch mode in terms of what they're doing. Arizona really making moves here to solidify themselves a little bit more of a situation where they're going to be more competitive in the West. Uh, Atlanta, for example, traded Bills tied, uh, traded to the Bills tight end Lee Smith, and they signed Patriots uh, Brandon Copeland. So this was kind of a tight salary cap for the Falcons. Uh, they will probably have to deal with more of a draft day in terms of what they else they, they need to get through uh, their situation. Um, the other notables was uh, Baltimore losing uh, Matt Juden, uh, against that obviously will hurt their pass rush. They bring in Bowser, McKeefe, and Wolf. Certainly, uh, you know, helps them out in that sense. Uh, they're reasonably priced at this point. Um, but, you know, it's a better interior protection for Lamar Jackson, which is what any team wants, which is uh, what Russell Wilson is asking for Seattle to kind of compliment him and say, hey, give me some sort of shield on blockings and give me some protection. And so there's uh, Baltimore working it out. Um, the other thing, you know, Buffalo in the east, we, the transition of the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, allowing um, Cam Newton to return as a starter, the, the amount of a salary cap that is available in New England is kind of ridiculous considering the constraint from other teams that have with salary cap. Um, so Buffalo re-signs Matt Milano, uh, re-signs offensive tackle Darrell Williams, uh, re-signed uh, offensive guard John Feliciano. They signed uh, the Saints wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, who uh, they let go. Um, so that's a great pickup for uh, Josh Allen. Uh, signed Bears quarterback Michelle, Michelle Tarisky. So it's a decent back, solidifies and helps out Allen. Uh, you get Sanders as well. And on top of that, the OG, the OT, and the LB. So really good moves. Uh, so this is a paid premium for Milano. 
and to a lesser extent Williams, but both vet- veterans have played in- integral roles when healthy. Uh, retaining Feliciano also ensures that Josh Allen's supporting cast is of uh, utmost importance, and Trubisky is a perfect fit as a number two quarterback, not so much a number one quarterback as he was with the Bears, but it allows them to obviously have a comfort zone there in case something does happen to Josh Allen. Uh, it's an opportunity for the Bills to kind of stand out in the uh, AFC East, considering w- we don't know what the Patriots will look like after all this uh, spending spree. They're obviously going to be much improved. We have no idea what Miami is going to look like at this point, so we'll see how much improved they are there. And we're, we're not going to know exactly how the rest of the league, in terms of the Jets, for example, how much of an improvement they're going to be there with Sala. So it, it's really, really awesome to, to kind of figure that out. Uh, Carolina was – one of the places that we, uh, everybody was saying that Deshaun uh, Watson was going to go to, uh, but they turned around and, fr- and franchise tag Taylor Moten. They signed Jens offensive guard uh, Pat Elfrin, signed Chargers uh, linebacker Denzel Perryman. They signed Cardinals offensive linebacker Hassan Reddick, and they signed, uh, obviously, um, the bigger name David Moore, wide receiver. So retaining Moten was priority number one. And then, But who, in the, uh, who would have convinced the front office for Elner for three years? They could still uh, use more help up front, as well as a pass-catching pass help with Curtis Samuels gone. So there's, there's the issues there. The other thing is Chicago. Chicago is somewhat of a situation where uh, they let go of Trubisky. Uh, we have no idea with Foles, the quarterback situation there. Uh, Andy Dalton, is he really the answer? Andy Dalton played decent in uh, Dallas, but is he really the answer? So franchise tagging uh, wide receiver Allen Robinson, re-signing uh, defensive end Mario Edwards, and then they signed Andy Dalton, and then they re-signed Deion Bush. So um, they they got a lot of things to work with. I'm assuming they're going to be working with in in terms of the draft more so than anything, uh, because that's what they need to do. Um, and they need to pick up a, a you know a number two quarterback uh, at this point or a number three quarterback. But they got to they got to figure out how to do the receivers. Uh, offensively, Chicago has never been a, a team known for offense, and they've always been a defensive type of minded franchise and this right here is kind of piss poor <laughs> if you think about it a lot of fans were like oh my god well, Andy Dalton okay well I mean Andy Dalton's a decent guy but he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna take it to the promise line maybe he surprises us, all of us but in reality I don't think that's that's gonna be the answer for him uh in Cincinnati as an example uh Hilton and Henderson have lots of upside but it's hard to praise them for essentially swapping out their own top internal age, uh, free agents, Carl Lawson and William Jackson, the third comparable or inferior starters at some point. So they didn't help out Joe Burrow any, anywhere. So the anticipation here is that they will figure out something in the draft to bring in to help out, uh, you know, a short-term fix basically for next season to help out Joe Burrow given uh, what's, what's happening here um, with them. So I, I, you know, that AJ Green leaving to Arizona really is uh, kind of hurts Joe Burrow in his growth. So that's the the case there. If you go to Cleveland, um, the the Browns signed safety John Johnson the third, which is a pretty decent guy. I, I don't, I'm not gonna say he's a bad player, but he's pretty decent. Um, I mean that's a decent pickup. Uh, signed the Raiders tight end Takaski uh, McKinley as well. Signs they signed Rams Troy Hill. Cornerback Troy Hill signed Malik Jackson, and then they re-signed Rashad uh, Higgins. So they get Johnson, one of the top, you know, young safeties in the market at a great value. So they didn't spend up much there. Finally, uh, Cleveland has itself a playmaking leader for the back end of its secondary. 
McKinley's just as fine as a high upside flyer too, so he'll help solidify the second secondary as well. So if you're a Browns fan right now, you're feeling very, very happy with the situation you currently have based on the outcome of this past year, and you're, you're upgrading in certain positions, especially on the secondary. So the AFC uh, North really is, is, a, is a, a really good thing for them because we have no idea what Pittsburgh's going to do. Baltimore's somewhat the same. It's picked up some pieces there. Um, and, and then Cincinnati's somewhat of a mess. They got to patch it up in the draft and figure out what they're going to do there. So uh, if you're if you're a Browns fan, uh, this this is year two coming into it with Stefanski is is a great thing. Um, you're looking at a positive there, um, and uh, you got you know a good core of defense. Um, you got a, a nice offensive uh, chemistry going there. So you add a, a little bit of a defensive mindset in the safety position, uh, defensive end as well and cornerback, so uh, you're, you're ready for maybe making a run for the AFC North uh, title at this point and uh, upseating you know, uh, Pittsburgh, which has long had that claim. Okay, so you go to Dallas. Dallas re-signs C.J. Goodwin. They, they re-sign cornerback uh, corner Jordan Lewis. They sign Falcons safety Keno Neal and uh, Bills offensive tackle Ty Nechke. They were, uh, they were going to be, uh, you know, they were trying to, the Cowboys always work into a, a mode where they, they try to make some moves to upgrade, uh, you know, and, and they try to work things out. But it just seems like the last, what, seven years, eight years, it doesn't work out. It's, it hasn't worked out. And then Prescott, with the injury, we have no idea. They, they commit to him, which is great. That's, that's fine. We won't know what his outcome or his capabilities will be at this point. Um, it's kind of like Alex Smith, wait and see. And then you, you have your running back, CQL, who paid a lot of money. So um, you do have offensive weapons if you can put it together. Defensively, uh, obviously, that's an issue that they got to do. So they, they needed more D. So re-upping on you know, certain players, obviously, that's a good thing. But um, you know, they, it's nothing to kind of wow themselves about. It's going to be an issue for them, for certainly be an issue for them. If you go to the Broncos, uh, re-sign Justin Simmons. Uh, they exercised their 2021 option for uh, Von Miller. They signed uh, Washington cornerback Ronald Darby. They also picked up Kyle Fuller, re-signed Shelby Harris, uh, signed Vikings running back Mike Boone. So keeping Simmons and Harris is smart. No one's going to yell at them for retaining Miller at his price tag. You might have been better off letting him cash out else- elsewhere and collecting a nice complimentary pick in 2022. Uh, Darby's fine, but again, uh, what a steep cost. Fuller's addition will help at the corner position. So um, there's a lot of things, you know, in terms of shifting. Uh, Detroit also somewhat of a shift, especially when they pick up uh, Jared Goff. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a couple more teams in about the second hours when we get Nate Ward in here. But uh, overall, there's a couple teams that obviously have upgraded themselves and made a really good, good situation for themselves. Uh, you guys, don't forget, go to monkey95.com if you use our code MJF. Fast and simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less fantasy challenges, star players only, $2 minimum buy-in, get an instant deposit match up to $50 on sign-up. Use code NJF today. Support the podcast. Uh, Have some fun playing NBA, NHL, and MMA or PGA. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com, code NJF. We're going to go into the huddle right now, and we are going to be talking to the amazing, talented, and the beautiful 
Uh, Kelsey Cristiano coming in here in a bit. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we shine, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Kelsey, welcome. Express greatness. What is up? How are you? How are you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing great. Thanks. I appreciate I hope you're doing great, too. Um, Unfortunately, there's a... You know, a bad incident in the back back of your woods there in Boulder, and then it's just a sad day today for that. Uh, that's not something that we want to see, obviously, on our streets at all or even in our shopping malls and shopping centers. Yeah, yeah, really, really sad news out of Boulder, and it's really close to home. Boulder, Boulder was my home for four years and has been a part of my life ever since I was a little girl. My, my dad went there, my grandparents went there, so... Um, you know, and, and, and you always hate to see that kind of violence, especially when it's a place that you've even, you know, been. So um, it's definitely a sad day. And my uh, my love definitely goes out to, to everyone that was impacted and, and the victims. Very, very sad. Yeah, prayers, prayers to everybody there. Um, I know it's, you know, they're still working out the details and figuring out why and how. So, we'll, you know, obviously we'll get more information as things come in. But uh it is an unfortunate situation, especially when you have, you know, those kind of incidents happen. So, um, Kelsey, uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to bring you on uh, because I've had a yes. lot of fans, a lot of fans. So I don't know if you're loved, but you're loved. If you didn't know it, you're loved. <laughs> um, um, we have a lot of fans requesting, well, uh, you know, for us to talk to you. Um, you have a lot of things happening as, you know, off the LFL charts, as they say. Uh, now you're kind of moved on to <laughs> different things. Uh, everybody obviously recognizes you from your LFL days with the Denver Dream. Um, so what are we doing now, Kelsey Cristiano? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on, on the show. I'm really excited to be here. I've I've got some fun and exciting things cooking up since, I've, since my days on the gridiron, um, which I, I definitely miss. Um, but, but, yeah, kind of since – I guess retiring from the LFL, um, I've, I've gotten into um, a little sports broadcasting career here in Denver. Um, I actually was a journalism student at uh, CU Boulder, um, so I, I never really fully got into it, and, and my LFL career kind of sparked some really great connections, actually, and um, now I'm, I'm co-hosting a, a sports talk radio show here in Denver on Mile High Sports. It's called Whiteley So. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that um, once a week and sometimes a little bit more if I get the opportunity um, covering Denver and Colorado sports. So you're into the Nuggets, you're into the Broncos, <laughs> you're into pretty much everything that's happening in in, in the area. <laughs> so um, let's talk Broncos then since we're, we're talking football. And I just kind of broke into the NFL free agency. So uh, at, at one point everybody's like, are they going to let Vaughn go? What, what's going on here? Everybody's panic mode, right? I know everyone was panic mode for a little bit. We're not really sure if, if Vaughn was going to be coming back, um, but looks like the, the Broncos were able to, to work out a deal. And 
the Broncos are looking pretty good defensively. They've they've mm-hmm. gotten some good um, uh, pickups on on defense. Um, so we just brought over. Um, God, I'm blanking on that. Well, Kareem Jackson, he's coming back for a final year. Um, and then we brought over um, the guy that uh, Vangio was coaching. God, I'm blanking on his name right now to, uh, to fill in the corner. Um, God, let me pick up his name. Is it Simmons? But, um, I know it's Justin Simmons. Well, uh, they, they re-signed Simmons. And they, uh, they what is, uh, oh, Simmons. Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, Darby. from Washington, they got. Uh, they also signed Kyle Fuller. Uh, who else did oh, they Kyle sign? Uh, That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Shelby Harris yeah. also got resigned. Yeah, we got Shelby and then Harris we brought in, coming uh, back. Mike Boone. Yeah. So the uh, yeah the Broncos. I mean, they're looking they're looking pretty solid defensively. A lot of people are kind of like talking about like the no fly zone coming back, but I don't I don't really think they yeah. should call it that for various reasons. Obviously, there was already a no fly zone, so. I, uh, I, I mean, if you had to come if up, you with had to grade them A through <laughs> D, I think they're a very high B. You know what I mean? They yeah. think they've strategized I, their, I, their 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 whole thing. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. I mean, last year last year was obviously a tough year, and um, I mean, Vic Fangio is a defensive guy, so I think it only makes sense that like they really like beef up the defense right now. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can uh, bring. And uh, it looks like they're going to be pretty tough. Well, I mean, you guys aren't used to, like, not making the playoffs often. That's the one thing. You know, when you get to a certain uh, fan base, certain fan bases, you know, like you're not a Cleveland, right, where you're, like, used to not even making the playoffs, just kind of playing in the dance in in season. And then you guys were kind of used (laughs) to being competitively in the dance, you know, for a long, long time. So it's kind of, like, weird for Bronco fans to, like, not be competitive or not be in the mix in the uh, AFC West. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, the the Broncos have now missed the uh, postseason. I think five years in a row, and it's mm-hmm. like that's like foreign territory for a lot of Broncos fans. I mean, I've been a Broncos fan my you know growing up my entire life, and you know we're used to having a pretty solid team. At least like when I've actually been old enough to really appreciate football, the Broncos have uh, been doing pretty well. I mean, we've had some off years, um, but God, yeah, hoping they can turn it around. I mean. Um, there's there's some questions on offense still, I think, and uh, you know what, what we are going to do about the uh, quarterback position is is for sure a hot topic here in town. Um, we're not bringing El- so we're not bringing we're Elway to- out of retirement, I presume, <laughs> anytime soon. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes we're like, yeah, Elway, you want to like jump back on the field? Yeah, I know. No, I think he's uh, he, he's he's good in in uh, in the. In the suite, <laughs> in the press box. <laughs> All right. Um, so Broncos not as bad as the Denver Dream the first year. So let's let's just get leave it at that. You know what I mean? Um, Kelsey, yeah, was, everybody remembers you for for your hit. Everybody remembers you for your, you know, you're just killing it. Even on even on a team like that, you were just a standout, really hard nosed. Uh, you know, every down played hard. Um, you know, you talk to LFL fans. Obviously, that see your highlight reels. They they all they all say the same thing. You know, you're just 100 percent all the time. So, um, what was what was it like? I wouldn't say to be, you know, the only person maybe making the end way, but what was it like the first year, just like being on this team that somehow was not going to be competitive? <laughs> Man, you know, 
being in the LFL was honestly an awesome experience for me. Um, I really, I didn't know exactly, honestly, what I was getting myself into at first when I decided to try out. I had, I had a friend that um, had played in the season before and she kind of convinced me, um, you know, we're, we're just looking for athletes. And, and I was always um, just a really, really competitive athlete. Basketball was actually my main sport growing up. And I was just like, I played point guard a little bit of the two guard. Um, and I was just aggressive as hell when I play, you know, I was always out there trying to get a rebound and just, I, I, I don't know what it was. I've got a, you know, a lot of athletes in my family as well. And I think I just was instilled that competitive mindset and drive. And, um, man, I just, I, I like getting out there and, and getting my, you know, rolling my sleeves up and, and getting dirty. <laughs> so, you know, for me, when, when I wanted to, when I, started playing in the LFL, like I just kind of had the mentality that I was going to commit to it and give it all I got, um, or give it all I had. And, um, you know, I was really eager to learn football had never been a sport that I had played, um, in an organized manner. I had always, always played soccer and basketball. So, um, mm-hmm. it was definitely a lot to learn. I mean, I had, I had no idea even how to tackle or hit someone. Um, but I was just really, uh, just really wanted to give it all I got and um it was fun and I was aggressive with it and I just figured hey if I'm going to be committing my time to to doing this I'm going to go 100 percent uh Kelsey any thoughts of getting injured this is the doomsday you know like uh like breaking Quintana breaking her leg that kind of deal do you ever have any any reservations about that or just it was just full bore for you Oh God, no! I re- I remember when when Bree got hurt. That was a pretty vivid uh, memory because that was my very first LFL game ever. God, and I remember getting mm-hmm. out there, and that first hit was like, okay, okay, this, like this is for real. Um, you know, I remember that first hit, man. I was like, wow, okay, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> this is what I'm getting into. And Pick so up, huh? when she got hurt, yeah, like I was like, all right. <laughs> Um, but your adrenaline's just going so fast. And yeah, when, when Brie got hurt, like there was definitely, uh, a fear that I could get hurt as well. Um, we had a lot of injuries at both seasons that I played in the mm-hmm. LFL. I think we had close to, you know, five ACLs that were torn. And, and I mean, I'm thankful that I got through two seasons without, any sort of serious injuries. I mean, the the most I was dealing with was some, uh, you know, jammed fingers, bruises, obviously, and, you know, sore body. Um, but, yeah, we had some concussions, broken wrists, broken ankles, and it's, it's definitely a risk that you're, um, you know, <laughs> deciding when you're stepping on that field that you're, you're okay with, um, kind of taking that risk and, and you hope for the best. And, um, you know, thankfully um, I didn't, I didn't get injured, um, but that's definitely a real risk. And, you know, part of the reason why I've kind of decided not to, not to uh, play here this season. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the uh, players that I talked to uh, with the same token, it's like after a while they, they were given the mentality that it was going to go pro that you're going to get compensated, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, where you take a gamble on it because you're thinking, you know, long-term, okay, this could work out. But then, you know, reality fits in and uh, depending on the age you're in, feel about, okay, I got to, I got to put a career together, right. Or I got to get married or I got to get, you know, move on with 
real things instead of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people didn't see the LFL going really into a pro mode to, for a compensation mode. And some players obviously just decided, hey, we're, we're just not, I'm not going to pursue that anymore, right, because it's just not worthwhile for me to do that. Um, being the face mm-hmm. of the dream the first year, I mean, it's, it's, you were like everywhere, right? The, was that Mitchell <laughs> choosing that or was it just the coaching staff? Or how did, how did you get chosen to be like the face of the Denver dream? Man, you know, I, I I was really, really proud of it, too, because that was not anything that I was expecting or even wanting, getting into football mm-hmm. um, and, and, and playing for the team. I, I was honestly the, just there because I loved competing, and I loved sports, and I, I wanted to challenge myself, and I wanted to try something, you know, totally out of the, out of the ordinary and something new. Um, and, you know, my first season um, – I, you know, I played okay. I was, I was, I was out there. I was, I think I was one of the standout athletes on on our team. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just willing to 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 give it all I got. And I, you know, I showed up for practice and and I played hard. And um, I think when it really kind of clicked for me was um, when we played against LA. And I just, I was on, like I was, I was making tackles. I had, um, they'd moved me to the um, middle linebacker slash safety position. I kind of played between both those positions and, and I, I was just much more comfortable there. I ended up uh, picking up a, the only score we had that game, a defensive touchdown. I had a scoop and score and like, that was kind of like my breakout game, I would say. And, um, you know, I think that that, that deserve, I, I, after that I earned a, um, the the spotlight that I received afterwards because uh, I really got out there and I, I proved it. You played really well that game. You were really aggressive. Um, you know, you, you were basically uh, in a hungry mode. If you if everybody remembers that game, it's pretty. You were like just on point, in other words. And then having yeah. the one score out of it. I mean, that was just obviously it's exhausting, right, of environment too because if you're the name player and you're the one that's obviously trying to make the plays, that's, it goes against, you know, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the team, not being cohesive in some senses. And then you got one player really doing their part. So sometimes that also it kind of hinders success. So, but you, I think you did, you know, to your point, yeah, you did play pretty badass that game and, and obviously making that one score and then, and helping out the team at least not to be on a donut, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun game. And, you know, afterwards it was kind of like, I remember my coach coming up to me, uh, coach Junell, and and he was kind of like, all right, get ready. Like, you, you know, you're the, you're the face now. And, um, you know, are you, are you ready kind of for that pressure? Like people are going to be expecting, um, you know, big plays from you and, and a lot from you. And, um, you know, I was, I was ready to, to take that on. Um, I think I, you know, most majority of the teams I've played on in, in, in high school and whatnot, I've, I've been the captain and um, not afraid to, to be a leader. Um, so it was, a, it was a fun spot to be in for sure. Kels, um, once that happened, uh, you know, it, it's like a four-game season, but it's like a do or die. Is that – you think that's why some of the girls will get in to play the LFL on seven-on-seven seven? because – it's literally a do or die given the fact that you only play four games. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it. And the seven on seven, I think was just such a fun um, format to play. Like I, I really, really loved the quickness of it. 
um, the, you know, the, the play calling, you could get creative with what plays you ran on offense. I, I actually, I practiced a lot of offense my second season. I didn't play a whole bunch in the game. Um, but, you know, really a lot that you can do. It's a, it's a faster pass, uh, paced game um, as well. So, and yeah, I mean, the fact that you, you've got, you've got four games and, and you're going out there um, and it can, it kind of can be like anyone's, championship in a way I mean I know that there were certain teams that kind of like (laughs) ruled the league especially when I played um but like everyone kind of had an opportunity you know and um a lot was a lot was riding on those games obviously four games um for Denver like we were such a developing program it was kind of like god we we really wanted to just get out there and get a freaking win because we knew that we could do it and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of times that we just man fell short or kind of like lost the, you know, lost the game ourselves versus them winning. Um, but, you know, the, it, like really anyone can go out there. It's like any given Sunday, any given Saturday to get out there and get a win. So um, we were just trying to put it all together at the end of the day. All right. Walking away was just that because you had the opportunity to go back to broadcasting or the opportunity for broadcasting, or did you say, okay, I, I, that's enough for me. I, I'm good. I'm, I, I tried it and all that. Is that how you walked away or is it just something different? Uh, definitely a combination of reasons. Um, I had, I had actually had all um, the intentions to play a third season um, with uh, actually right before they had uh, rebranded into the X league. Um, I was kind of on the, on the cusp of deciding what I wanted to do Um really just, just loved playing. Um, but I think a lot of factors went into it in terms of, was this the right move to me at the time? And then of course pandemic hit and there wasn't even a season. Um, but really just kind of trying to weigh where do I want to focus my time? Um, as much as I loved playing, I, and, and the experience was, was great. I had reached a point where I, I wouldn't, have done it unless they had some sort of insurance that they were offering the girls mm-hmm. or some level of compensation. Um, you know, that was, that was kind of my ultimate uh, factor leading into it. Um, it had to be worth the risk of injury and um, definitely worth the time. We all know that, it, that we put into that. I mean, we were practicing three, four times a week plus film st- sessions on top of a full-time job and, you know, trying to um, decide if I wanted to, uh, you know, really try to get into the, um, you know, sports media world. So kind of at that point decided that I'm going to hang up my cleats, (laughs) sadly. Kelsey, are you recognizable in Denver? Do people know you from (laughs) the days in the Denver dream? Like if you walk down the street or somewhere or the restaurant or something, I mean, do you have like a fanfare, in other words, locally or no? Yeah, yeah. Some people recognize me. I mean, I'm I'm a Denver girl, so I've got a lot of friends here. I kind of know Mm -hmm. quite a few people when I go out here and there as is. Um, But yeah, every now and then. Also, I know we didn't really talk about this and uh, tonight, but I was on a um, TV show, Ultimate Tag, with JJ Watt. Mm -hmm. Um, So a few people will kind of notice me from there, or they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you're on the radio." Like, "Oh okay," like, "Oh, weren't you that girl that played football?" Um, so I do here and here and there get, get recognized for my <laughs> skills on the field. The ultimate tag, you did amazing, right? You were like, yeah, you killed it. I mean, I was like, I was watching that. Uh, we were all you, you on. 
Yeah, we watched it. <laughs> well, of course, we followed it like exclusively you so for much. you. Yeah, you, we were like, <laughs> we were that. just like so excited for you. And then, you know, when all when it started and everything else, and you did so great. I love that. Thank you so much for your support. Um, yeah, man, that was awesome. I, I ended up winning my episode, so um, mm-hmm. that was cool. Man, talk about talk about jumping into something you had no idea you were getting getting yourself into. Um, definitely not trained in parkour by any means, but I would say <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the the football training had me very well equipped to um, do well on that course because it was uh, very much like, you know, getting away from your opponent and, and uh, making quick cuts and whatnot. So um, that was a, that was a really cool experience. I'd, I'd love to do something more like that again. So, I mean, just your leaps alone are highlight reels. Just the man, the fact that you were like on the go with the leaps and stuff. So everybody's pretty excited about that. So, <laughs> It's pretty cool. Well, stay tuned. Um, got yeah, some, we were following cool it up. Highlight reels coming we were sharing out. it. <laughs> yeah, we were sharing it and uh, you know doing all the highlight reels, and so we we watched it more than once. So really, really good job. You did awesome. Oh yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. All right, let's go into the uh, the sneaker kicks. The love of sneakers. I have no idea why Nike yes. hasn't looked you up yet. Or what is up with that? Everybody tells me all the time. You see your Instagram. She's got sneakers, and I, I have to tell them she, she used to play basketball, so there's a there's a correlation, hopefully, with the basketball and the sneakers. Nobody's picked <laughs> up our girl yet. It's a sneaker contract. Yeah, wait, who is this? Tell me about them. I need to. I gotta get hooked up with them. <laughs> no, I'm just saying nobody. Nobody's got like inclined. Oh. On, I I if everybody follows you on Instagram, which they do, um, they will see that obviously you have a love for sneakers, right? I do. I do have a love for sneakers. Um, God, that's, yeah, that definitely goes back to um, my love for basketball. Um, really kind of got more into the sneaker game, though. Uh, probably after college. I mean, obviously, sneakers have kind of definitely, like, blown up recently, too, and they're pretty uh, high in demand a lot of times. you got to have a little bit of extra money to get some good sneakers. Mm-hmm. So, um I, but yeah, I, I started really getting into sneakers probably about five or six years ago. Um, actually, I'm in the works of planning a new podcast um, with one of my friends um, talking all about sneakers, new releases, kind of a lot of to the just under representation of um, women in sneakers um, and touch on that. But just kind of being an athlete, having kind of that like sneaker culture has always been around. Um, and I just, I think sneakers are so cool in, in terms of really like highlighting your personality and, you know, kind of like, okay, how can we like mix fashion and sneakers? Cause there's so much more of like fashion statement now than like, I probably wouldn't, you know, play basketball instead of my, some of my Jordan ones, like I kind of want to keep those nice. <laughs> um, yeah. but that is, that's coming up. So, um, Stay tuned for that. I've uh, launched a website called JustHealth.com, which really encompasses just a lot of what I've, you know, what I've been up to and kind of, kind of my story um, uh, here, here in Colorado and and my experience in the LFL and um, my experience with Ultimate Tag and some of the other um, passions that I have. I, I, I work with a lot of small businesses here in Colorado. So, 
um, you know, highlighting things like Black-owned businesses or women-owned businesses, um, you know, great places in the city to, you know, watch March Madness or where's a good place to watch a Nuggets game um, and my love for sneakers and fitness and food. So there's, there's a lot to, to be found in there. <laughs> Well, Kelsey, if everybody follows you, they they already know that, and they also know that you're very adventurous, so you're almost everywhere, and you obviously have a good taste for, you know, either wine and other things in life, so you have a good time. So every, everybody follows you. You're not just a football <laughs> girl, right? You're also into fashion. You get the sneakers. So it's a variety, and I think it's cool that you have your, your website now kind of expressing that. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it, and I, I love all the feedback that I can get. <laughs> so do you, what do you think of the new X-League uh, transformation? Do you, do you think it will be successful at this point? Uh, you know, a better shoulder padding, still going to keep the helmet, uh, a lot more cover-up on the bottom. I mean, uh, what, do you, what what's your feeling at this point, whether it's, it's going to be, you know, the same, or do you think it's going to somehow make some changes? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited and, and excited to see how the league develops. Um, I know that they're really kind of trying to get away from that, the, the lingerie aspect of it, which which I think is great, and I, you know, fully support that. I think that um, I'm, I'm, I'm really a believer, like, you, you can be sexy and athletic at the same time, you know. Um, obviously, some of the things that we were wearing during games didn't fully make sense for playing full tackle, um, so I like that they are – kind of changing up the uniform here. Um, and it sounds like they've got some extra protection, which uh, is really great because uh, there was very minimal protection when I played. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty shocked that um, I didn't get hurt. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely keeping my eye out for it and excited to see how the girls do. Um, I think that they've shortened the schedule, which was kind of, um, I think a little bit of a bummer. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're only, they only have two games each each team now. Um, yeah, one home, so one away um, because of the restrictions in certain states. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer in yeah. that sense. But uh, I really think I the transformation, uh, to your point, uh, I think if you go, if you understand branding, you understand branding, of course. I mean, there, there, ha- there yeah. had to have been some sort of drawing, right? It was a great concept at the beginning. Uh, it was probably edgy, or as you would call it, probably not as uh, as accepting mm-hmm. as it, you know, if anywhere else. Uh, but at some point, you know, you got to MTV2. At, at some point, you got to, you know, acquire certain things. You got pretty strong and all these other elements that came about with it, but it never evolved into anything else than that. And I think that's where, like, I mean, I, I, if anybody got to, I guess, fault Mitchell for that, for not involving it into a different, you know, arena, a real arena-style play. I think he would have been the first one to really put it on the map. Now we have, you know, the transition, like you said, you know, take away the Legends Football League concept or theme. We're working into this transition into um, more full padded type of environment on a seven and seven. So I, I, I think it's going to make a, make a change. Uh, I was kind of worried because if they transition to this new league, you have no Kelsey Cristianos, right, playing. There's no <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? The, the fan draw, in other words. Like, there's nobody to draw to for each franchise. But you did have, you know, the Salernos coming back, Kiki Matheny's coming back, you know, uh, uh, Ashley, uh, 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 Michelle Angel coming back. So there's a couple, a couple notable players, right, that fans can relate to. So that's, I guess that's a good thing. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that um, kind of having those, you know, star players, if you will, will I think it is important. Um, you know, there was – I didn't love the announcement of it. I thought that there was not a good um, engagement from some, some of the important players on every mm-hmm. team, <laughs> um, which I think – you know, hurt the league and in, in, in its announcement of it. And it left a lot of players kind of feeling, um, you know, a little slight, slight bad taste in their mouth. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for me specifically, I think that it was just important for us to, as, as women athletes, um, you know, feel like our voices were heard. And, um, you know, for me, as much as the experience, again, certainly a positive one on, on my note. Um, I, w- I w- really wouldn't trade playing um, for anything, but, um, you know, you reach a certain point where, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this for free, um, especially with all the time I was putting into it um, and, right. and, you know, all the, all the stress I was putting on my body. So I think that, um, you know, it's hard in women's sports. Like you, you got to have a fan base, but I think the LFL really had a very strong fan base, which is what made it a little bit frustrating. You know, we had people in the seats and we had people that were buying tickets to come see us play. We had people viewing our games on YouTube, uh, you know, cheering us on. So I think that that element was a little bit, um, you know, frustrating for me to kind of deal with after, after committing so much time to it. I really think the, the leadership is the one issue that I would have with it, you know, that I currently have with it. It's just the fact that you're claiming that you're going to go to a higher, another level and it's ne- and never happened. You know what I mean? Every season after season after season. And you lost, for me, I, you know, I lost cred. You lose credibility in that sense, right? Cause you're just talking out of your butt mm-hmm. after a while. It's like you're announcing, <laughs> making all these announcements yeah. and all these hype and all of a sudden nothing matures. It's like, okay, if you're going to, if yeah. you're going to do something, do something right. It, it could have been done with the players, but it didn't happen. So, um, but it, you know, hopefully uh, this will transition into something better and hopefully compensation comes out of it with some sponsors or something. Hopefully it's done different. That's my, my whole point. Hopefully it's done different and it'll benefit like yeah. you said, maybe benefit women's sports in general or women, the women that play the game in general. Um, yeah. Kels, so Absolutely. what about my health sports work, work and uh, you know, how did that happen? And, and where can people dive in to listen to you? Yes. So Mile High Sports, you can listen a few different ways. So we are on um, FM frequencies, if you are here in Denver, on 98.1. I go on air on Mondays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, so if you're driving your car, that's probably the easiest way to listen. But I have a lot of people that will listen online as well as through our Mile High Sports app. Um, so if they mm-hmm. download the Mile High Sports app, they can um, listen to old shows as well as um, listen in live. And if you listen online, you can actually um, watch in the studio as well. Sometimes I, I do the show mostly from the studio. Sometimes I do it from home. But if we're in studio, you'll get the live feed as well. Uh, so those are the three it, best ways to tune been, in. How has that experience been it's for been you awesome. starting it out? And I mean, obviously, you've been in the spotlight before, you know, LFL is a spotlight. But I mean, for for you to be on broadcast, uh, it's it's kind of tough in some instances, right? Because you got to build up, uh, you know, stats. You got to build your your little, uh, you know, script sheet, right? You got promos to run, and it's just, it's just a lot to do that people don't see because they think you're just, you know, you're just as smooth as chocolate, as they say. 
<laughs> when you get on the air. <laughs> but they have no idea what happens in the background. I hope I hope I come off that way. Yeah. Um, man, it's a, it's a lot of work, honestly, especially with everything else I do. I mean, I'm still working a full-time job and whatnot. So, yep. um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. One, just you know, being prepared and and sounding mm-hmm. um, sounding good on air. Um, having chemistry with your co-host is really important. But the amount of games you have to watch and you know I've got to follow every game of the Nuggets schedule make sure I you know I know what's going on I got to know what's going on with March Madness I got to know what's going on with the Broncos so you know making sure that you're prepared um it's a lot so there's there's a lot of work um behind the scenes that that goes into it um and then just kind of getting over that like initial fear of of public speaking um Mm -hmm. (laughs) believe it or not I've always kind of had a fear of public speaking which is why this is um been a fun challenge for me um I was a broadcast student in in college but I never really got into broadcasting after college so um when this opportunity came about, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to regret it if I don't try it. Um, and it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Well, I think you've done well. I mean, uh, you, you've kept up your nuggets. Obviously, you're a hardcore Denver, Denver fan, so that's pretty easy to do. I'm pretty sure you got, you know, your ESPN app and everything else that blows up on it. Um, but what do you think of, of <laughs> yeah. this uh, weight room not the same as the boys? I, I, I'm – I'm reading into this whole thing from different sources, and I'm thinking to myself, if the leadership for the women's basketball side is all-female leadership, how do they drop the ball? You know what I mean? It's like, how do you drop the ball? I can understand if the leadership on the, on the women's side is, is run by men. You know what I mean? And, it's like, and now you can say, okay, well, these men are just biased, and they don't want the girls to succeed, right? But on the other side, yeah. it seems like the leadership was – you know, driven by women. And I'm like, how do you not want to put together a good, you know, I, I totally get it, right? San Antonio facility might be a little different, right? It might have more things, more capabilities, whatever, right? But to go to the, what is it, Indianapolis? Is, is that where it was at, I think? Mm-hmm. To go to Indianapolis yeah. and say, you have no facility and you have what? You had downtime in COVID, <laughs> so you can't tell me right? you like, have time I, to plan this. I have no idea what sort of breakdown of communication that was or how that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost kind of reminds me of um, uh, Fire Festival <laughs> in a way. Yeah, like, exactly. Fire you know, like Festival, you get there and you're like, what the – what is going on? I, yeah, so – Honestly, I mean, I've, I've kind of, like, seen the videos, and, I, like, you look at it, and you're just kind of like, is this a joke? Um, I yep. don't know. I guess there, there's some uh, explaining for someone to do because you, the, the women are just as deserving as the same type of facilities as the men, without a doubt. My, my point is, like, even if you don't have the same, you know, the same quantity of weights and sets, right? Right? <laughs> like – Mm-hmm. There was like nothing on the other side, but it's, <laughs> it's like, like empty. Like what? Were no, they just I'm, like, I'm just saying. It's it, like who who does that to themselves? If you're if you're a woman leader and you're in you're in charge of the of the NCAA women's basketball tournament, right? And you're supposed to take yeah. care of the players, right? In terms of what amenities? I mean, you you're just a knucklehead, idiot. 
That's what you just did. Yeah. You showcased your yeah, that, lack of leadership, if anything. You just showcased lack of leadership. That uh, God, that that's ridiculous to see. You should be fired. That's Major, what I said on Twitter. Whoever's in charge, yeah. whoever dropped the ball should just be fired. <laughs> Relieve of your duty. Yeah. This is like the biggest tournament <laughs> in the world, and you just screwed it up. You've literally just yeah. made yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just unexcusable, right? It's just unexcusable. Yeah, I know. And then, yeah, I'm I'm reading there right now. Their 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 comment was um, they have the confidence that as a women's basketball community, we can work together and address the shortfalls here. And oh, it's San, this is in San Antonio. Okay. I'm like, okay. That is not going to cut it. That's like a bad subway not, sandwich with no nothing in between the the bread. Sorry, I just not yeah, I'm not going to cut it. It's like. <laughs> Who forgot to order lunch here for this yeah. massive conference? Yeah, there's a lot of something like, missing. Yeah, and, and it's just bad. It's bad PR. I mean, you just created bad yeah. PR. The sport doesn't need it. The, the girls don't need it, right? The, the athletes do not need this. The, the athletes yeah. should have the confidence that everybody above them should be able to take care of what? The basic needs, right? Travel, amenities, proper food, and a nice 100%. area to work out. And they didn't. Yep. Um, and it's not lack of money because that's just a stupid excuse, right? It's the NCAA. You don't have any money. Yeah, yeah right. You don't have any money. You know, you got money. I mean, it's almost like I feel like Title IX violation or something. Like it's. <laughs> it's strictly not <sighs> even a violation of Title IX. It is stupidity, because Title IX already <laughs> is there. You need to just get the crap into the facility. You know, it's it's planning. I mean, how many people do live events? I mean, I we do live events, right? You do live events at conference centers. You do live events at all these places, and people have to bring in props, right, set up everything, right? You're telling me you couldn't get a crew to put weights in Indianapolis? Yeah. Just, that's pathetic. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. All right, Kels, um, one more time, the website, then get a hold of you, and then obviously to listen to you on uh, Mile High Sports. Yes, so check out my website. It's justkels.com, J-U-S-T-K-E-L-S.com. Um, you soon will be able to um, stream my radio show from my website, so be on the lookout for updates on that. Um, and then be sure to tune in to Mile High Sports every Monday at 11 Eastern. That's uh, on 98.1, and you can also catch it online at milehighsports.com or from the Mile High Sports app. Yeah, so dive into Kelsey. Um, to awesome uh, every morning on Mondays, and you're able to, um, you know, just dive into our new web uh, website as well. And you can follow uh, Kelsey everywhere, pretty much, right? Twitter, Instagram. You want to give them their handles as well? Yep, yep. So you can find me on Twitter, Kelsey Cristiano. There's no H in my last name, so K E L S E Y C R I S T I A N O. It's the same on Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. If you, you want sports updates, check out my Twitter. That's kind of uh, the, the good place to find me there. If you want some hot pictures of me in sneakers, go to my Instagram. <laughs> Instagram's cool. I, I, I applaud you for that. You do a real good job with the Instagram. And uh, thanks for supporting <laughs> our uh, Noja football brand as well and supporting it out. Um, really, really appreciate yes. you bringing awareness to women's tackle football and women's sports in general. So I uh, really appreciate you doing that for us and helping us out. Love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. 
Um, and, yeah, I, I appreciate the love. All right. Uh, so, Kelsey, um, like I said earlier at the beginning, uh, you got a lot of fans from the LFL still following you. So you got nice fanfare. So really appreciate you making the time. I uh, Continued success with your broadcasting career. And then uh, hopefully we'll see you on the national stage. Never know. Yes. Keep your eye out. Thank you so much. And all the fans out there, I really appreciate all the love. Um, would love to come back on with you if they have specific questions that they want to know or so if you're getting asked anything, I'm, I'm totally happy to come back on, on air with you and, and do another show. Oh, you're always welcome. Just let me know when you want to come back. Uh, we're always uh, appreciative of bringing you on and uh, talk, and, and especially if we're, uh, if we're talking, you know, NFL. They're in talking off-season NFL and things like that, so you're always welcome. Just chime me up and let me know when you can come in. Tuesdays are our gig here. I'm so. down. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you very well, much. I'm looking forward Good to travel. It. Be safe. You have a good one. And uh, continued success, okay? Awesome. Thanks so much. You too. Have a good night. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, the beautiful, talented, and athletic Kelsey Cristiano and broadcaster now, Mile High Sports. You can catch her on there. Uh, and you can also go to her Instagram, Kelsey Cristiano. You get the lowdown of everything that she does every week. Just a very busy, 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 busy person. Uh, unfortunately, we were going to have um, our, the WNFC MVP 2019 MVP, Rashawn Gore, uh, but I got a message right now that uh, obviously she's not able to make it. Uh, something has obviously come up, and uh, she's kind of re- have to reschedule with us, so no problem there. Uh, things obviously sometimes a lot more important than a bra- uh, radio broadcast, so we're looking forward to rescheduling with Rashawn uh, Gore here, um, and hopefully everything's okay. Uh, so we'll we'll get her back on in, in, in you know in a couple weeks if if at that or next weekend or but Rashawn. I hope everything's good. Thank you for the heads up. Really really appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, to do that. And uh, we'll hopefully hopefully everything's uh, great. And I uh, will reschedule that with her as well. Uh, Texas Elite Spartans uh, in the mix, champions of the WNFC. We wanted to get the obviously the MVP in here to talk about them and what the 2021 season was it's going to be all about. So no no worries there. Um, but we'll we'll get her back on and we'll reschedule her at this point. So reminder everybody, go to monkeyknife5.com. You can use our code NJF to get started today. MonkeyNight5.com, fast, simple prop games, shark-free fantasy, more or less fantasy challenges, star players only, $2 minimum buy-in, get an instant deposit matchup to $50 on sign-up. Use code NJF to get started today. NBA, NHL, MMA, PGA. Whatever you want to play, it's right there, MonkeyNightFought.com. Use the code NJF and get started today. Don't forget to go to the uh, No Joke Football uh, um, at Gridiron Beauties on Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Energy football shop. Up to 25, uh, 25% off daily. Use the daily code there. Save big. If you're in the international swing over in Germany, Spain, UK, Italy, you can always go to the Zazzle.com main site. All the way at the bottom, you'll have the uh, Zazzle.com international sites for your own uh, code, country code. You can take advantage of that because if you use your country code, it's a lot better in terms of shipping, faster shipping. Obviously, you save more money, and it's in your own currency. So really, really appreciate everybody in Sweden, Finland, also in Germany and Italy and the U.K. purchasing from us, sporting your stuff out there. If you uh, want to send us an, a direct message on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram, let us know. We'll 
We'll chime you up with a retweet or a repost in our stories as well. So thanks for supporting us and branding out No Joke Football brand. Thanks a lot to all our athletes out there helping us out, uh, bringing awareness. Ellen Mazzola, Debs Rodriguez, uh, Ali uh, Patsky, uh, also Lexi DeMeo, uh, Lisa Gomez, and uh, many other athletes that are helping us out, bring attention to the sport of women's tackle football via our No Joke Football branding. So check out No Joke Football on Instagram. Check out No Joke Football on Facebook. And you can go directly to the website at zazzle.com forward slash gridironbeauties. All right. If you guys haven't gone to uh, the hub, you can get to the hub every day, every, every day updates, weekly updates. You get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the sport in terms of the hub. And if you haven't been there before, check it out. Uh, it's the best network on the planet. That's what we do. We try to do the, the best information, best networks, so that people are aware that there is championship women's tackle football happening internationally as well as top teams in the globe that are playing at a certain time frame. It is a global event now. Uh, we have been doing this for 10 years. So if you go to the hub, get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the sport, not just in the U.S., and you get to uh, get to recognize who those top teams are international on the international scene. So check it out. You go to facebook.com forward slash great iron beauties at the hub. All right. We're going to have Nate Ward coming here in a half hour. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and on iHeart. Thanks everybody for bumping us up on Spotify. Really, really appreciate it. Over 300 episodes that we've done so far. So if you missed an episode, you can go back and replay. So if you missed last week's episode, we had Kate Michelle, uh, of the Alabama Fire WNFC 2021, talking about everything that's happening for the upcoming season. We also had the talented Anna Garza, ex-league, Austin Sound in rehab mode, who uh, was also part of the Exathon U.S. experience. And then before that, we had uh, episode 363, Monique Rivera Boone, who had the experience at the, uh, the uh, forum, the Women's Career Forum, NFL Career Forums. As well, and then we got the lowdown 362 with Win Domini. So you get the lowdown everything that's happening in the WFA, including the great announcement of the WFA National Championship. Now it's going to be in Canton for the next couple years. So that was really good. Then 360 was Steph Jackson coming here and giving us the lowdown on NFL uh, females and flag plus the NAIA uh, future that will be in college uh, in college flag football. Uh, 359, TikTok Sensation, and uh, DC Divas, Lewis, Lewis Cook, came in and she gave us the lowdown on what's happening there in the sport and her obviously successful TikTok, um, uh, TikTok career, over 100K now. So congratulations to Lois Cook for doing an amazing job on TikTok. You got 342, Steph Ponser was in here telling us about her career. Sammy Grisafi, uh concerning the open field uh, movie. If you haven't seen it, go to Open Field, or you can follow Sammy Grisafi on Instagram and on Facebook. And then we had uh, 355 Dale Gossinger talking American football events for 2021, uh, 357 and 354. My buddy Kevin Peterson here talking NFL football, uh, as well as we had 356 once again. Wim Nominee coming in here at WFA. 348 the Sam Gordon in the house. So if you missed it, replay it. 348. If you haven't caught, caught uh, her videos, uh, it's right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Sam Gordon uh, interview with us, talking everything that happened, including the legal status 
of the uh, Title IX lawsuit that they had put place in Utah prior to the result. And then 350, the talented uh, Michelle Angel in the house, Austin Sound for 2021. Uh, she is very ready to go, and she, I think they're going to be a very big threat in this new season that's coming up. If you missed 328, very Lieberman uh, and Angelica Grayson in here. Uh, it's the best podcast we've had so far in terms of viewership, I mean listenership, and in terms of everything on three platforms. So thank you, uh, Very Lieberman and Angelica Grayson, for giving us that bump. And uh, congratulations to both of them uh, and having a great time right now. Angelica Grayson having a great time out there with Liz Sowers and company in the NIA season that just kicked off. And Vera Lieberman doing a great, fantastic job on other projects as well. And then 325, we had uh, Adrian Smith, G.I. Kundom, and obviously Bliss Champs uh, coming in here to talk uh, George Floyd and, and everything else. Uh, episode 324, Sherry Waga and Daniel Harvey as well. And then you had Utah, Utah uh, um, Tackle Football League's Chris Sacco at episode 332. Episode 331, Michelle Marshall, talented Michelle Marshall. 334 and 327, we had Terrence Haywood giving us a lowdown on everything that's happening in the IWA, IWFA, including the I-8 Anticipation. 335, Coach Anthony Stone with all of the knowledgeable books. So you can get them back there, back to basics on that. And then uh, you had 336, Coach Devin Jones of the Sin City Trojans. And then Tashay Winfrey, 337. Uh, and then 338 was Rod Green. So over 300 episodes in the current year. Go back to three, uh, 300 in the past seasons. Check it out. You can do replays on them, share them. And uh, really, really appreciate you guys supporting us, on, especially on Spotify, on Apple, and on iHeart. So really, really appreciative on that. So uh, since we didn't have Rashawn Gore in the house here, we're going to go dive into other things as well. And let's get my notes here. And uh, hopefully everything uh, is great with Rashawn. And uh, we'll get her back and reschedule her as well and get her going on another podcast as well. So we're just talking about the weight room with Kelsey Cristiano about the situation with the, uh, you know, the weight rooms with the COVID-19 test and the NCAA's lack of care for women athletes. There was a, a, a pretty cool article done by dailycoes.com. Get it at the hub right now. And it's really just, um, you know, how do you drop the ball? That's really what it boils down to. How do you drop the ball if your leadership is women in the women's basketball theme of things? How do you not want to accommodate or, you know, get the best – you get a great facility, but you didn't get the weight. I mean, so somebody logistically did something wrong, and that did, obviously doesn't help. And then it made everything look bad, horribly bad. It made it look like, you know, the leadership of the women's uh, tournament obviously did not want to accommodate or help out the athletes or bring out amenities for the athletes to accommodate them. So that's just like uh, just poor planning It's really what it boils down to. It's not even just – I, you could say Title IX if you want, but it's not even Title IX. I mean, that's just dumb. It's just not not good. It's a bad PR. <laughs> you should have been on the ball. That you 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 had no excuse. There's it was COVID. You had options uh, to do things. You had more time, downtime. I can understand if you say, okay, you know, we're full bore and things just get dropped on the ball. But even then, uh, I mean, it just looks bad, especially for the leadership group that is uh, women in the uh, March Madness, in the basketball side, of, in the women's side. 
So I think that, you know, everybody needs to reevaluate themselves in terms of why you would allow that to happen. You know, it didn't happen on the men's side. So do we, you know, do, do we want to just point fingers and say the, the leadership on the men's side just was, was more aware of what the players needed and we didn't survey the, the women on the other side? You know, we didn't ask the, girl, the, the players what they wanted, what kind of food they wanted, what kind of things they would, you know, I mean, just, it just seems like it's just bad. And unfortunately, that's where, you know, it, especially we live right now in a social media frenzy type mentality. Things get blown out of proportion. Uh, a thing like this, you know, is just not a good thing. And it's just like you need to address that. And so I don't know how they can fix it, but they, they got to do better. They got to do better. And if they don't do better, I mean, that's just a, you just need to be fired. You need to just get somebody else that wants to do better. Somebody else that wants to step up and, and do what they got to do. So I don't, I, I don't know where, where we stand on there. So, you know, for the uh, NCAA women's uh, teams out there, the, the players, I mean, I, I'm sorry that your leadership failed you. I'm sorry that whoever was in charge of the amenities and the setup of everything should have done better. They should have been more aware of it. Uh, they should have – we should never have had the comparison, in other words. That's just boiled down to that. Uh, one comparison to the other, and that means somebody dropped the ball in between that time. So let's just go and leave it at that. Okay. Uh, the NFL's new league year is only 24 hours. It was only 24 hours on Wednesday. Uh, and so that's when we had, what, J.J. J. J. Watt, uh, going, you know, going from Houston to Arizona, um, so that that was kind of a shocker in that sense. But um, a lot of pass rushers that they got paid, and so this is kind of a, the situation we're in right now with this with the situation with the free agency. You know, pass rusher is uh, the commodity now. It's something that people want, you know, and uh, edge pass rushers as well, linebackers. I mean, you, you name it. You know, people are looking for that, um, and they're going to try to acquire them because those are something that they really need in terms of getting it getting it done. Um, so, you know, to to quote Al Davis, the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. So, if you really think about that, that's where the pass rushing mentality comes in. That's where free agency starts into play. So, nobody really is into this market with wide receivers. Um, I don't know why this year it's been that way, but nobody's into this, you know, as badly as pass rushers were coveted in this year's free agent, wideouts haven't, have no love or, or yet. I mean, they have no love yet. So we don't know what, you know, what, what'll happen, but a lot of, a lot of teams did franchise tag some of their wide receivers. So that might explain the reason why certain receivers are not in the free agency market, like Tampa Bay franchise, Chris Godwin and the bears, uh, tagged Allen Robinson, you know, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, um, you know, things like that, that you know, Will Fuller, uh, some of the receivers, you know, either took a pay cut or adjusted their, adjusted their contracts to kind of accommodate the teams. Um, but, you know, you had other players out there that you could wait on, you know, Kenny Holiday or Kenny Galladay, Antonio Brown, uh, T.J. Hilton, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, Sammy Watkins. So we won't know what, you know, what, what'll happen there. So, but um, the big spenders on the big spenders were obviously the, the Patriots, the Patriots, big spenders there. So, you know, and, and so they had money to, and they accumulated some money and 
they put it back into Cam Newton, and then they figured out, okay, we got to get this guy some weapons, and they basically, you know, got them some weapons. So uh, a lot of teams are in that cap crunch where they're not going to get, you know, what they want. So they have to make structural contract adjustments to get certain players on the defensive side of the, of the ball. Like Seattle's got issues now because now you've got to figure out how you're going to protect Russell Wilson. Is it through the draft at this point? Are you going to be able to get one or two, you know, guards to protect Russell Wilson? Are they going to pan out at this point? The Jets and the Jags, uh, probably not a problem because the Jets and the Jags still have more than, like, million dollars available so because of the fact that they're lousy teams and nobody wanted to go play for them so you know they have room and they have money so the money and the room is there for certain teams the other other teams you know like the Colts and the Panthers you know they they got they're they're capped at certain 30 million a piece if that's the case uh and so they, they're obviously got a wiggle they're doing wiggle room with certain things and so you know, despite the COVID depressed cap, this quickly appears to be a pivoting into a buyer's market. So there's a lot of teams really willing to pay to acquire one or two pieces to really put themselves at, a, at an advantage coming to the 2020 uh, 21 season here in the fall. So, you know, we'll see how those pan out uh, in terms of what they're able to do. But um, I'm going to go back and go back into what we started at the beginning and some of the teams that did benefit. And I think we, we left it off where the cap space, you know, you add, uh, for example, Chicago and you add certain teams that just obviously need an overall of some sort, or they need some sort of adjustment. So, and if you need a certain key player and your offense rotates around one key player, that also could be a problem. Because if you don't have the pieces to complement that player, then one player is not going to make a difference. So that is, is, is an issue, too, because that's where you're at. Um, so an example, like let's say Todd Gurley. He wasn't very – he wasn't, you know, impressive in his first year in Atlanta. But, you know, he did, he did tally even 900 yards from scrimmage. He averaged about three and a half yards. But his injuries obviously are still an issue. You know, so do you keep the guy? Uh, do you put him on a what on a short-term contract because he's still somewhat durable? Um, that's something Atlanta's going to have to kind of kind of figure out. Uh, in Baltimore, for example, Baltimore picked up uh, you know a a receiver because they weren't able to pick up Juju Smith-Schuster. So the top, top the team's top two edge rushers, Janik. Naku and Matt Gudin both signed lucrative contracts. The Ravens were at least able to retain veteran edge rusher Perel McKee and Tyrus Browser. But, you know, with about $12.5 million in cap space, the Ravens were, were not able, you know, to get players in, into the, you know, like a Kenny a Galladay. So even signing a T.J. Hilton, it, that's kind of a problem because considering, you know, the value of it. So, is he going to be durable enough or not? So, you know, if you take the, that example right there where you get a T.J. Hilton in place, you know, you, you figure out they, they, what they did in the past, which is like Steve Smith and Anton Bolden, they need, to, they need to find something 
dependable, undependable to complement Marcus Brown. So whether it's Hilton or maybe uh, maybe like a Golden Tate could happen. So maybe they'll do that or, or take care of you know figuring that out. But so Buffalo, on the other hand, they bring in inexpensive depth in the trenches. So coming into this you know environment with the playoff, if anything, the off season so far of the Bills and the Chiefs have have only narrowed the gap between the two teams. So the Bills don't have many holes on their roster because of the fact that they retained so many. The loss of wide receiver John Brown was offset by the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. What a pickup there. Emmanuel Sanders, journeyman in San Francisco, Saints. Not the same Emmanuel Sanders that he was in Denver, but with the same token, the team, the team got one of the steals of free agency when it brought back starting cornerback Levy Wallace for over $2 million. So picking up what you can and making it strength. Okay, they already had a core there, so, you know, why not? They don't have to spend much on free agency. So as a matter of fact, they're, they're about $2.2 million in the red against the salary cap. So the Bills just really have to work into a draft mode to pieces to kind of, like, adjust their depth chart. So in that regard, the trenches are usually the way to go. So maybe you pick up another, you know, another player. So, you know, like uh, a Kofor. Um, so you can pick up a couple players that way if you wanted to. So the Bills, not a, so much of a drastic free agency for them in that, in that sense in the offseason. They're able to just upgrade and try to get maybe one or two pieces in the free agency and then kind of go into the draft mode to try to, you know, provide a little bit more depth for their, uh, for their roster. So the Carolina Panthers have been aggressive on defensive side of the ball and free agency making – a number of moves to improve the front seven. They also had they also um, one of the most um, mentioned teams in the potential draft for obviously Deshaun Watson. However, there's still one position group that uh, badly needs an upgrade. The Panthers were a middle of the pack defense against last year, and Dante Johnson is the only above average corner on the roster. So Carolina has the cap space to take a run at one of the top remaining cor- uh, cornerbacks. Just three teams have more cap space than the Panthers at 31.1. So they have some wiggle room to put, you know, to kind of get some high-end free agents like uh, Richard Sherman or Dory Jackson. Maybe not Sherman, but, you know, you never know. He might work out. He gives you some uh, leadership in that position as well to bring in a, a veteran player of that caliber. And if the price point for those cornerbacks is too rich, then a veteran like Rashad Breenland, who spent the last two years with the Chiefs, could offer – and upgrade a bit, so um, could see the you know the Panthers could see themselves in a better position, especially in the South, given that um, Drew Brees is gone. There's transition in New Orleans, Tampa Bay is probably formidable there as, as it stands right now. Um, that's that's one of the one of the things that will happen there. Rumor for the Bears was the Bears were ready to go and sign Russell Wilson, who. Obviously, he was never on the market. I mean, I don't know what everybody was thinking, but Chicago literally was never running in the running for a Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's kind of just, like, dumb. But uh, so we get Andy Dalton. Pretty successful season in Dallas uh, due to the fact that Dak Prescott was obviously not 100% and with the injury that he had. So perhaps even more surprisingly, the Bears parted with veteran cornerback Kyle Fuller in a cuss-cutting move. The team signed longtime Atlanta starter 
Desmond Tufant as a potential replacement for Tufant's 2020 season in Detroit was an injury-marred mess. Second-year pro Jalen Johnson showed flashes as a rookie, but the secondary in the Windy City is a big-time question mark. So given Chicago's cap issues, where do you go? Where do you go? So a lot of question marks in Chicago still uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and I don't know what they're going to do there, but they got work to do, and it will be surprising if Andy Dalton is very successful in Chicago. That's <laughs> that's going to be the key. So Cincinnati, we talked about prior when I when we up at the top of the hour. So among the AFC teams, only the Houston Texans surrendered more sacks last year than the Bengals. Joe Burrow took quite the pounding 32 times, before tearing his ACL. So adding uh, veteran tackle Riley Reef in free agency was a step in the right direction. Drafting an elite prospect like Oregon tackle Penny Sewell with the fifth overall pick would also help them. But the Bengals have more work to do to shore up the league's third-worst offensive line in 2020, and that's according to, obviously, Pro Football Focus, which is what what I research with and what I work with in terms of getting the stats and information. So it's a really good source if you want to keep an eye on pro football, NFL style as well. So Cincinnati has the war chest to sign more linemen. Only six teams are sitting on more cap straights than the Bengals, who have $24 million. Most of the high-end options along the interior of the offensive line are already taken, but the cupboard cup isn't bare. Uh, center Joe Looney started 12 games in 2020 for the Dallas Cowboys and could push Billy Price. There's even more, uh, more available at guard, including Trey Turner and Nick Easton. So there's options for the Bengals to take uh, – you know, they got money. They are able to go out there and acquire uh, some decent talent to kind of solidify that front line for uh, Joe Burrow to keep him upright. And maybe he will be a more successful quarterback uh, coming back from his injury at this point. Um, the other uh, other uh, element that we had was um, Dallas, like we talked about before, um, they take and, and then re-sign Alden Smith, probably their, their biggest name for the re-sign mode, to – so the 2020, obviously, with Dead Prescott season um, ending injury and a miserable defensive performance for a 6-10 and 10 result. So this obviously makes Dallas kind of come up with a game plan to not be in that position once again. So the Cowboys are in either great or terrible shape. Um, they do have about $11.5 million to spend. That's pretty much enough to bring Smith on a short-term deal. So we'll see how they, Dallas reacts to that. We just talked to Kelsey uh, Cristiano. Uh, Denver really needs quarter, a quarterback, needs a functional offensive line. Could Denver trade for Sam Donald? And will the Jets let go of Sam Donald? So um, reports were that the Broncos were obviously going to move on from Drew Luck. That's what's uh, going through the wires right now. And, and if you go on Twitter and you go on everywhere, so their emphasis is obviously to get a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if Sam Donald's the right quarterback. I don't know if they have enough room to sell the farm to get Deshaun Watson, which is uh, probably not going to be the case. So Donald hasn't impressed in three seasons in New York, but he has the third overall pick in 2018 for a reason. Denver could see what it has in luck. And Donald in 2021 then if reset in 2022 without having made a massive investment in either quarterback. So the way it boils down to in Denver is either you commit to luck or you bring in Donald, and both are bad. I mean, they're not I'm, – I'm, I'm going to say horrible, but they're bad. So I don't know if the systems are bad because sometimes systems make the quarterback. 
So, you know, New York, maybe not a great fit for Sam Darnold. Maybe if he comes to Denver, that environment will change and we'll go from there. Kind of like wait and see for Jared Goff in Detroit. You know, was it Sean McVay or was it Jared Goff? And then the same concept, right, in Los Angeles. Was it Detroit that hindered Matthew Stafford? Or is it Los Angeles that's going to put Matthew Stafford as an elite quarterback in the National Football League under McVay? So there's a question there everywhere. So whoever's filling in and, and shifting, we'll see how that, how that goes on there. So um, Detroit also has, uh, I think, $9.5 nine to spend. So, you know, coming off another disappointing season, the Lions roster has holes aplenty. With the possible exception of the running back spot and defensive end, there isn't a position group that doesn't need help. But after upping edge rusher Romeo Arcoara and trading for quarterback Jared Goff and that huge contract of his, uh, if Detroit is going to improve through free agency, it's going to have to be at a position where the improvement will be relatively inexpensive. Uh, For example, safety. Tracy Walker had a solid year for the Lions in 2019. He blacklisted last last season, and then there's not a lot of roster behind him. Adding a veteran like Kareem Jackson or Bradley McDool isn't going to get Detroit into the playoffs, but it's also not going to cost them much. So Detroit's going to be bargain shopping. It's really what it narrows down to. they got a bargain shop, hope they can put something together for Jared Goff, and hopefully Jared Goff will blossom and bring some wins for the Lions. I don't know what's going to happen in the receiver core. A lot of questions there in Detroit at this point for doing that. Green Bay, not so much in the mix. So Green Bay fans are like, okay, how do you make me happy? So so they have needs, whether it's at cornerback, offensive tackle, along the defensive line, at wide receiver, or at linebacker. But there's a reason why Green Bay is one of the two teams per, you know, at this point that needs – to sign something. So after re-signing Aaron Jones, Green Bay doesn't have any money. The team is slightly in the red against the salary cap, given that unpleasant financial reality. uh, So do nothing, or you're going to go through the draft. And I'm thinking the draft's going to be their choice. It's probably going to be less than, you know, thrilling for Packer fans, but, you know, that's where you stand right now. So, the Pack can at least offer a legitimate chance at making the Super Bowl because they they get into the playoffs frequently. So it's not like they have a bad team. It's just they they got pieces that they need. You know they got pieces that they need, and um, so ho- hopefully they'll they'll get through the draft at this point. So let's before we bring in Nate in here, let's let's talk about this, this disaster that is Houston Texans. <laughs> All right. So we you know before we go any further. I mean, what what do we do here? Uh, you, if you're Deshaun Watson, you're tweeting out that you're unhappy. You don't want to be there. You have nothing to do with Houston anymore. You really don't want to negotiate anything with the new staffing. If you're the Houston Texans, you're like, this is our quarterback. We're going forward. He's a, he's a Texan. We're going that route. So you're sitting in this uh, stare down between the star quarterback and the Houston Texans. And this is this is going on for weeks now. So neither side has been willing to budge. Uh, Houston has shown zero willingness to trade Deshaun Watson. Okay, Watson has indicated even less willingness to play for the Texans. So um, something's got to give. And while it's understandable Houston doesn't want to be the one, 
It doesn't have much choice if Deshaun really is hell-bent on leaving the organization. Um, so what, how do you resolve it is the question. This isn't to say Texans would give Watson away because that would be just dumb. Um, at least five teams called about a deal prior to the allegations and um, reports from the local paper uh, in Houston reported Sunday that six teams are still interested despite the pending lawsuits. What Houston could net in a Watson trade is now up in the air, though. Pre-allegations, he could have brought the kind of haul we haven't seen since, let's say, uh, Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings, that deal that set the stage for Dallas to uh, revitalize its franchise. At the very least, it, it can, has become less likely that that's going to happen. So the Deshaun Watson, where do I land? Will I not play this season? And who do you believe? Do you, do you believe the Texan leadership, the Texans leadership, or do you believe the quarterback? Uh, I mean, this is kind of like some something's got to give. You got to negotiate. You got to let go. You got to get some money. If you're the Texans, you don't want this kind of cancer inside your in your building. And this is the face of the franchise, and the face of the franchise is saying this place stinks, and I don't want to be here. Okay, so you got to do something about it. You don't want a disgruntled employee for you and then not doing his best. This is the way it goes. So you got to make a decision about it. And uh, are you going to sell the farm? That's probably gonna, what's going to happen. People are going to ask for big money. Uh, I don't know, you know, where he lands at this point. It obviously isn't going to be Chicago because <laughs> Andy Dalton's in Chicago. Um, Carolina was one of the teams out there. People are even saying, oh, he'll, he'll go to the – He'll go to New England. Uh, I doubt he's going to go to New England, to be honest with you. I don't think New England will take him because they don't want that spend that much money on there. So we'll see how, see how it goes. So we'll have more free agency news starting uh, next week at the beginning of the hour, and then we'll kind of break it down, you know, in a crunch mode. Uh, you get the lowdown at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Get the, all the information there as well from major sources, including Bleacher Report, Yahoo Sports, and NFL.com. So check it out right there at the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. All right, let's just bring in Nate Ward here and get it down. Hey, Nate, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Oscar. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Um, what, what, uh, what, are you back on FS, uh, FCF or you're not? What's going on here? Well, are you there? I'm here. I'm You're here. silent. Am I back on? on? I saw your tweet. You said, "Hey, it's it's on. It's, it's I, I'm back. I'm gonna give another shot, right?" Ah, yes, 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 yes. Took me a second. It's been a long day. Uh, yeah, you know, they they kind of when when they decided to be on one of the one of the big NBC streams, you know, they kind of suckered me back in. You're sucker so, back in. Is that the word? Yes. All right. Well, I'm I'm saying it's still a concept, right? It's I think it's their championship game, right? Is that a championship game? Yeah, it was. Well, it was. It was. Yeah. Um, the People's Championship. I guess, you know, much like everything else, the name was voted on. So, I, I don't know. I only found out what the name was when I tuned in. I was like, okay. I mean, we could have done better, but. I'll take it as long as the game quality is great, which it was. It came I don't down know if Vince McMahon's involved. 
But if Vince McMahon's involved, more than likely uh, Ric Flair's not happy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> nah. No Vince. No Vince. I'm, no Vince? I'm still not sure who's behind it, though. And I know it's a, it's, it's a, it's a conglomerate that started years ago um, with one team out of Salt Lake City, and it's amazing to see where it's blossomed to, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different concept. Uh, I'm, will it catch on? It's year one, so uh, Twitch obviously has money and they want exposure and they want to get you know there. It's a you know I mean it's a gaming type of platform, um, so it right. might be something that's going to be worthwhile for them for you know a couple seasons. So it, this kind of concept, somebody told me on Twitter, this is more of a game show concept. So are they going to are they going to like take it off the air when it doesn't do as well? <laughs> So it's not going to be a real right. league. It's more like, just like a TV show. Okay, well, the ratings are bad, so sorry. I'm going to have to take you off the air. We're, we're, we're cutting mid-season, you know. We, we didn't we didn't achieve yeah. the ratings, you know. This will be the season finale. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, a AEW, right? Uh, it's next. So which one do you want? <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Which one do you want? Uh, so yeah, no, it, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll fly at this point another year, but we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Um, so for for you guys uh, that were on at the beginning, uh, want to just let you know, uh, Rashawn Gore obviously was not gonna be able to make it. Something came up, so she she did message us ahead of time and let us know that she's not gonna be able to make it. So we'll reschedule her for another time. Um, so hopefully everything's okay with her and everything's going okay. Um, Let's let's go into the uh, X League anticipation right here. Um, Nate Austin Sound, the power, the pre power rankings came out. Austin Sound, no surprise there. I think that's the the fan love affair for Mortaza at this point, right? We're gonna just we're gonna just proclaim the Austin Sound as the team to beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, no real. I mean. No real surprise, considering I think, especially with as much as I've been keeping track, it feels like there's been more heard from their camp than there has been like any other team. So they've been they've been really um, they've been really wanting to continue where the um, the acoustic left off. I know a good portion of the coaching staff is still the same, from what I recall. So they're 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 ready to continue that into to um X League and continue growing as the as the sound and it's just been it's been interesting to see um you know just just to see the 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 growth of every team and but I do believe looking at the quality I think Austin is yeah like you said the the the, the team to beat um and that's not a slam to to any of the other teams they're all putting in the effort this is you know for a lot of faces, it's a new thing, but um, you know, Austin's Austin's come to play. They they've been putting in a lot of preparation, a lot of uh, recognition out there. So it'll be interesting. And you know, nothing to take away Seattle. I think they're uh, you know Seattle's going to be a top notch. You know, shout out to our Georgia uh, football athlete um, Jackman, Stacy Jackman out there. So she's going to be, I think, killing mm-hmm. it this year too. She's off field. So. I think Seattle's next on that. Uh, you you got to put the Black Storm on the map, probably third. And then after that, it's anybody's right. ball game, pretty much. Arizona, unknown at this point because of the relocation. Kansas City, uh, you're going to have some Omaha Heart players on there and probably a brand-new roster from the Kansas City area. Um, 
Chicago looks like it's on a, on a rebound mode from the former LFL Bliss. So there's a couple teams. Obviously, they're gonna they're gonna make some changes, and we don't know what this will look like. Obviously, because the rosters are, haven't been put put out there. And uh, but if you listen to Sweet Level uh, Sweet Level Access, uh, you can get it on at the hub at facebook.com for slash Square and Beauties. Uh, you can pretty much get the lowdown at the fact that there's three teams in this X League that are prominent, and that's going to be the major markets. Pretty much, uh, it's going to be you know Chicago on one side. It's going to be uh, Atlanta. Then you're then you're looking at Austin and then maybe Los Angeles at this point because Seattle looks like it's changed out, but you still have Matheny there. You still have some core players there, so we'll see how they transition out of it. But I think the the, the pre rankings probably are pretty much set, right? The pre ideal. Yeah, I mean, and and here here's where I, I say, is there any surprise to that? Because I mean, you think about the depth, and we've talked about this with, you know, every other league we cover, the depth of talent and commitment that we see in all of those cities that come out on top. I mean, we saw the same thing when it was LFL and now with X-League with the, the, the turnout. I mean, is it any surprise that those those at the top stay consistently at the top? I don't think so. No, I agree. I think that that's the case. Um, I think there's only going to be three teams, and then given the schedule is only one one home game, one away game, it's going to be really tough uh, exactly. to, to get out of the block and lose. I mean, if you lose the first game, you're pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say you're done, but technically you are done. If you lose the first game, it's like you, you're, you know, I don't know how that's going to work out. One done, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's going to be on the same playing field, so I don't know how that will transition into it at all. All right, um, so you guys, if you guys missed it, Congratulations to the Papa Toto uh, Wildcats over in New Zealand for your league in New Zealand and uh, the Kiwi Bowl 2021, and that is their third franchise championship, and the league's in four years, and this is their first back-to-back championship. So if you missed it, right there on Instagram, right there at the hub. So, uh, Nate, uh, mm. really awesome game. Got to watch it uh, also uh, live. And so uh, the the link's right there, and it was a really good game. Really, uh, at the fourth quarter, last ending, a really nice 50-yard run by the MVP, uh, Sia uh, Matei. Um, so congratulations to her, and really good job there. So uh, congratulations to the Papa Toto uh, Wildcats defeating the Metro Linuses. Yeah, great game all around. I mean, great effort on on both sides. And yeah, like you said, well, well deserved. Um, and this is this is the point where I say, if you're not checking this stuff out on the hub, where are you? I mean, check it out. I mean, this was one of those games that, if you ever wanted a great introduction to women's football, this was it by far. And that, I mean, that that's six. that was a really good game. It was really close, hard fought. Every it was really good. So uh, uh, if you're listening to us in New Zealand. Shout out to you guys, the Papa Toto uh, Wildcats. Great job there, as well as the Metro Linuses. Great job, girls. Really, really awesome job. Yes. Stellar. All right. Uh, let's go into week five of the LNFA Femenina. Week five, seven on seven uh, in Spain. Uh, ended without any surprises here. This is, you know, the two favorites uh, adding a new victory to themselves. So in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. Valencia Firebacks won against the uh, Drac girls who apparently came off that nice win from the week before, but now they have to falter 34, uh, 34 to 7. 
And so uh, they get their third victory of the season. So they go to 3-1 and one on, the, on the season, Valencia Firebats, which uh, will put them in second in, uh, what second position, right behind uh, Barbera rookies, 3-0. and oh. The Dracarils, uh good battle, uh, took, took the lead with a touchdown from Elena Leva, who also added an extra point. That was 7-0. Seven, seven, However, the Firebats managed to turn the game around before closing the first quarter with, a, with two touchdowns from Nicole Salazar and Sandra Burnell. So that made it 12-7. to seven. The equalizer continued in the second quarter. Uh, Firebats extended their advantage again with a touchdown once again by Nicole Salazar, making it 18-6, to six, which would end up being a nightmare for the Drac Girls defense since in the last quarter mm-hmm. he, uh, they added two more touchdowns to finish with four on the day. Firebats, in addition, added the um, two-point conversion in their last two touchdowns through Dolores Nussi to leave the score final score 34-7. to Drac Girls, with the defeat, are left with a 1-3 and three record. So, you know, uh, Nate, coming off that nice win last week by the Drac Girls on, in week four, and all of a sudden reality sinks in once again uh, against the Firebats. I mean, like, 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 like you said, you know, top teams adding – you know, wins to the column. I mean, uh, that's unstoppable with a question mark at the end of it. I mean, yeah, reality set in because you face a team that's, you know, been dominating across the board. So it's not that much of a surprise. I mean, I, I do think they put up a good fight. We're not saying that. But, you know, it, it's just, you know, you, you got to keep – I think you've got to keep momentum riding in the hopes high into the next game, and you can't just assume because the previous game went well that you're just going to, you know, cruise right through. You've got to be, I mean, you've got to be prepared for anything. And it was it was a good battle, but, I mean, were, were we going to expect anything else? I mean, upset would have been nice, but that was going to be a long shot, right? That was going to be a long shot, yeah. Um, so you can get the uh, coverage there uh, on our uh, the uh, on on uh, I believe into Barcelona uh, uh, Barcelona. I mean <laughs> Barcelona um, at the uh, Badalona Drax. Uh, you can get it on YouTube as well, and then um, the Firebats Valencia Firebats on there as well. So you get it right there at the hub, and you can watch it as well and get the recap. In the other uh, matchup is east, in the Eastern Conference. Barcelona Buffaloes via Facebook Live. You can get the the uh, live broadcast there. They added their second victory of the season, two and one on the season. They're beating Zaragoza Hurricanes forty-eight to zero. So wow. Zaragoza zero for four on, in the uh, in the campaign so far. At halftime, Barcelona already had a clear domination, twenty-eight to zero at halftime. So that's kind of crushing. <laughs> uh, Nate, you're you're at halftime. They've already put up 30 points on you. That's uh, pretty bad defense, to say the least. That's that that that's disheartening in every sense of the word. I, and I mean, you know, for you know, for, for like a high school for for like high school level or anything below that, that that's one thing. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, 40 to nothing. You know, you expected it. You're still learning things. But for to be on a pro level and be at that point, there, there's got to be a lot of kicking themselves right now in that locker room. There's no doubt about it. I feel so bad. So, <laughs> shout out to Sarah Martinez de Morgilia, who scored five touchdowns and a two point conversion. So shout out to Mar- uh, Sarah Martinez de Mar- uh, Morgilia. 
Uh, what a great job there. On top of that, uh, also Phenomenal. Buffalo's uh, contribution by quarterback Laura Alibert and Laura Navarro also scored a TD. Alibert also added two-point conversion, as did Lydia Granado. So final score, 48-0. to Barcelona Buffaloes add their second victory of the season at 2-1. and uh, Saragossa 0 and 4 after a 48 to 0 crushing defeat. Okay, in the uh, Western Conference, the uh, La Rosa's Black Demons confirmed their dominance by winning in their field against Ma- Malaga Corsairs 35 to 6. As a result, that leaves them at the very top, undefeated 4 and 0 in the Western Conference, and then uh, basically assures themselves to the semifinals. <laughs> So they, they, they're no pretty much just doing for the playoffs. Yeah, no, no surprise that the, the Demons are in the playoffs. That's just not it. So Corsairs with the defeat uh, of this matchup, they lose second place and are now in third at a 2-2 two and two at 500. So if you're Corsairs right now, Nate, you're still pretty decent. 2-2, two and two, you're at 500, not a bad team. Just got to get your, get your cobwebs off and hopefully start mm-hmm. to muster some wins here if you want to make a playoff run. Yep, just shake it off. Uh, worry about the next game, and you still you're still very much in this. Uh, wouldn't worry too much about it. So in the first quarter, uh, it was not too bad. Fourteen to zero was the in the first quarter. The Demons put up a victory uh, with two touchdowns before the break by El- Elvira Nunez and Miriam Mendez. After that, it was twenty-one to zero. The awesome the awesome Christina Gomez uh, put themselves with the return. Uh, ball return, and then the Demons mm-hmm. uh, press at this point with Elvira Nunez in a career play and Maria Del Mar Hernandez with a reception placed in 35 to zero for the Malganese. Uh, so despite that, they still came back and were able to put some points up there. But golf for them at this point. And they're also the coverage is there uh, at the hub, so you can get to look at it the game as well. And then finally, it was Osas the Rivas. Uh, they they beat the Camineros the Cosalda by a resounding 62-6. to six. The victory allows Rivas to climb into second place in the West with a 3-1 and one record uh, and obviously the semifinal berth. So uh, if you're Osa's Rivas, first-year team, start off really good in the first couple weeks, and now all of a sudden you're gaining some steam here, you're top, you're second right behind the Demons. That's really good. You pat yourself on the back for that. I mean, you, you know, to... There's there's always a lot of nerves, a lot of rust that you've got to worry about when you're a first year team. I, I don't I don't see that here. I really, I really don't. To to have that kind of an outcome and that kind of a game, I I would say you know, good luck uh, the rest of the way because I don't think anything can stop them with that kind of a kind of caliber. I mean, well they're going to meet the, they're going to meet the demons. Uh, it's going to be a different matchup. When they get when they go up against Los Rosas, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's sure will be a different wrestler. On the other hand, the trucks of Calzada they fall to zero and three, uh, so that's not a, a good sign. Uh, in this game alone, mm-hmm. they gave up forty four. Uh, it was forty four to zero at the half, so that's not a good sign. So you got to go back to the drawing board at this point. Try to muster up some stuff. So shout out to Scrap. Alba Morales. Who only got who who had the only touchdown for the trucks? So shout out to Alba, great job, Alba, putting up some points and preventing your team from getting a donut. Just scrap the playbook at this point and just reset. I mean that's 
that's like a total redraw at the drawing board. That's that's where it was at. So uh, so week five of the LNFA Feminina, you get the recap right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash ground beauties. You get all the lowdown on every game right there, links on Twitch, YouTube, plus Facebook Live. So if you want to watch women's tackle football, seven on seven, exciting matchups from Spain, that's where it at. The best network on the planet exists at the hub. Go there now. Check it out. Entertaining. That's all I'm going to say. It's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Spanish girls for putting out their best foot forward out there and doing their best out there and giving us entertaining women's tackle football seven on seven action. Agreed. Agreed. Very much so. All right. Um, the other matchups was in Texas Valley Sports Women's Playoffs. Uh, it was courtesy of Real Sports Live. So if you guys didn't check them out, it's right there at the hub as well, Real Real Sports uh, Live. Thank you to them for covering Texas Valley Sports Women's Playoffs. River City Warriors fall to the the South Texas Generals, 22-0. to zero. South Texas really dominating right now. Uh, they come off the uh, – the clash against Kingsville Empire, which the Empire got their first loss, 22-15 to 15 back in uh, March 13th. So uh, the other matchup was Kingsville, 36-19. They defeat Coastal, Blend, uh, Coastal Bend Legion. So um, at this point, Nate, uh, it is a rematch of the rematch. So it is, this is the rivalry rematch. So I'm pretty sure the Empire – understands you know that 22 to 15 loss by almost four points or five points um that right there cannot happen in this final and i don't think after having a great season this year they don't want to go into the final and not win it (laughs) this is their opportunity to upset uh you know i wouldn't say upset but you know beat the the generals the generals looking for another title they've been here before Mm -hmm. they've had a title in another league so it's a it's a clash of the two best teams in the league basically those four points are the fuel that they need to keep in the tank at all times in this game. Like you said, one wants another title, the other wants redemption. If you want redemption, you got to remember what happened. You got to keep in the back of your mind the entire game what happened the last time, and use that as your fury. Use that as your muscle. Use that as every bit of your game plan. Is those four points. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. I really do. Real, Real Sports Live will cover it. Uh, Texas Valley Sports confirmed it. So we will have the clash March 27th. South Texas Generals taking on Kingsville Empire. South Texas Generals looking for another championship in this league. First title in Texas Valley Sports, but they have a championship pedigree. And then we have Kingsville Empire. Top, top great season this year uh, up to before the – uh, March 13th event. Obviously, that they give, gave their loss, 22 to 15. Um, they are coming off, you know, this this. Do you want the championship? In other words, is the trophy willing? Is, are you willing to take the trophy? That's what uh, the Empire right. needs to do. Uh, are they willing to sacrifice and get that trophy? Uh, you got to make a statement game. 22 15 was the loss for against Generals. Generals obviously know that this is a must win for them. It would be a great uh, opportunity for them to defeat them twice once in season and once in the final where it matters the most. So Real Real Sports uh, Live is going to give us a broadcast, so shout-out to them for doing a great job all season with Texas Valley Women's Gridiron. 
Yeah, they've they've definitely done an incredible job. Uh, kudos to them for for bringing us all the action the entire season. Well done, guys. Thank you. All right, um, I'm. We had uh, the talented Kelsey Cristiano here, a former Denver Dream, now Mile High Sports broadcaster. Um, so she's all over the place. Uh, Kelsey Cristiano, you can get her and find her on Instagram. You can get her at our No Joke Football uh, stories features. You can go to the at No Joke Football brand on Facebook. So really awesome. Uh, you know what Cristiano is all about, Nate. So real tough notch. Yep. Oh yeah, and probably the face of the Denver Dream of all those seasons. Mm-hmm. Very very talented. So we're going to so go into uh, next weekend championship weekend in Texas Valley Sports. Uh, we're going to look into week six getting the preview of week six in uh, LNFA Feminina in terms of the playoff scene and the semifinals there. Uh, and then we're gearing up 30 days, Nate, 30 days almost, 30 days. WNFC, WFA, kickoff. I can I mean, feel 30 it. days from today. It's just, uh, it's, you know, it's awesome. So, you know, go to WFAProFootball.com, get the details, get tickets, uh, check out your team in your region and state. You go to WNFCfootball.com, check out all the teams there as well in what state some of those teams are located. Get your tickets now. Go to both websites there. Get exciting football May 1st. On top of that, Con Women's Football Association season will kick off as well in the midsummer. And also we will have X-League action as well. So get the lowdown right there at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Beauty. The best network on the planet exists at the hub. I don't know what more to tell you at the hub. Not much more you can say. Everything else is self-explanatory. All right, guys. Um, if you guys want to check out our uh, No Joke Football Shop, check it out. It's up to 20% off. Go to No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Baron Beauties. And don't forget, the podcast is powered by MonkeyKnife5.com. Use code NJF to get started today. Fast and simple prop games. Shark-free fantasy more or less fantasy challenge, star players only, $2 minimum, get an instant deposit up to $50 on a single sign-up, use code NJF. Monkey Knife Fights is our major sponsor for our podcast, keeps us going every week. So check it out. If you don't have Monkey Knife Fight in your state, no big deal. Spread the love to anybody that does have a state that has it. Have them use the code NJF, helps us out, keeps us afloat on the, web, on the uh, podcast as well. Code NJF. So, Nate, I don't know. It's a pretty awesome uh, podcast. Sorry, we couldn't have uh, Rashawn Gore in today because of the situation that happened. But uh, we did have Kelsey Cristiano in here. We NFL free agency Indeed. as well. Just give you the lowdown on LNFL Feminina plus Texas Valley Sports. So, kind of like a nutshell here. Everything women's tackle football in a nutshell. And if you missed it, you can always go to the hub. Indeed, indeed. Hey, really quick while well, we got a second, what are your thoughts on this uh, competition committee thing X-League's doing? I guess they're having a coach's retreat April 10th in Vegas. I think it's a good thing that they have to structure it that way because it's a situation where the rule book has always been questionable in, in Legends Football League. So if they can get that down pat, uh, you're a referee. If, they, if you can get some consistency yep. there, the on-field, on-field play and – all the infractions that were happening in Legends could be prevented and you could have cleaner games and a more legit t- type of product. Agreed. And if, and if that's what the, the whole aim is with this, this new league is to get away from the 
the gimmickry that still kind of existed with legends, you need that. So I totally agree. Yeah, and and it's just it's just going to make the product more more uh, beneficial too in terms of a, a you know more legit Absolutely. product. And if you want it to be legit, mm-hmm. then this is a, a you know a step forward in that regard. And I think the players would appreciate that too, like the consistency of the of the coaches knowing the rule book, the the, the referees knowing the rule book, and then ultimately the players understanding exactly. the rule book. That's literally what needs to get down to. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, so, Nate, anything else? Otherwise, we're going to be bailing out here. Uh, we didn't have Mackenzie Brooks, so shout out to Mackenzie for another successful powerlifting session. Uh, I know her back was yes, killing her. Yes, way so, to go, Salty. Uh, but shout out Salty for her. Uh, the Hall of Famer should return next week. And next week, you guys, the anticipation of our two new co-hosts. We will unveil them next week, and starting April 1st, they will be live on the podcast. So anticipation for the brand-new co-hosts coming up here in another week and uh, in about, Woo! what, another 10 days, and we will have two new co-hosts yep. added to the podcast. I think everybody will be very, very happy once we announce their names. And uh, they're ballers, for sure ballers, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, for Nate Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez, and for the absent Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, and the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, we'll see her next week for 366. Have a great weekend, everybody.